What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I have a very special guest for you today. The one, the only, Bitcoin sign guy. Yes, it's real. He's here. If you don't know who Bitcoin sign guy is, well, shame on you, quite frankly. Of course, Bitcoin sign guy catapulted to international superstardom when he, at a congressional hearing where the chair of the Federal Reserve at the time, Janet Yellen, was being questioned by Congress. And if you were watching this, at a certain point during the hearing, you would have seen a young man over the right shoulder of Janet Yellen look at the camera a couple times, look at the guy next to him like he was about to do something, and then hold up a sign of a scribbled note saying, Buy Bitcoin. The poetic beauty of a Buy Bitcoin sign held behind the chair of the Federal Reserve, unbeknownst to her, was just an amazing moment for Bitcoiners all over the world. This, of course, spread like wildfire on social media, and thus the legend of Bitcoin Sign Guy was born. Now, although Bitcoin Sign Guy is immediately recognizable to all Bitcoiners, he does keep a bit of a low profiler. He's been around on some podcasts, but generally seems to like to keep to himself. So through certain back channels that I'm not at liberty to disclose, I connected with Bitcoin Sign Guy for a discussion. As usual, there's two parts to our conversation. This is the further discussion portion where we take about an hour just for an open conversation. And then there's the rapid fire portion that's available now too, where I ask him the standard series of rapid fire questions and then some word association questions at the end. So without further ado, I give you the meme maestro himself, Bitcoin Sign Guy. Let's do it. All right, man. Well, uh, Let's uh, skip the chit chat and just get right into it. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll Shit. We'll, uh, we'll get into everything as we go along. But they don't call it rapid fire for nothing, I guess. No, nah, man, rapid fire right into it. Um, All right. I feel like I should say it's an honor to speak with you. I know that's that's weird, but like you know, you've become this uh, this kind of hero in the in the Bitcoin community. And I, I I was thinking I was just out for a run, and I was thinking to myself like it's gonna be funny. Actually, the real thought was like, if the whole Citadel thing does, you know, transpire, if we end up kind of fracturing into uh, our respective groups of like-minded, like financially sovereign uh, factions, there might be like statues to BSG in the future. You know, that 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 moment when when the when it entered the the mainstream, when the kind of middle finger to the man. What does it feel like? I, I doubt it. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it was. Um, it, it wasn't really the politically motivated uh, photo bomb that I think people thought it was. It was really just me being a, a monetary dork and wanting a screenshot of me doing something funny on the on the Federal Reserve testimony. So <laughs> it it definitely snowballed beyond beyond where I ever thought it would go. Yeah, and so I know that the story's been told, you know, quite a bit on on a few different podcasts. But for the the select people that don't know who you are, can you just give like the real Coles Notes version of of how you became quote unquote famous? Sure. So uh, twice a year, the Federal Reserve gives uh, its testimony to Congress about the state of markets and their monetary policy. And, uh, you know, working, having previously worked for a 
a global macro hedge fund. Uh, I was working, uh, you know, a summer after in Washington D.C., and uh, you know, I had previously followed all the testimony of central bankers, and I mean, the it's really just markets people that that watch that type of stuff. You know, ordinary people they catch you know, just one headline, maybe if they read the Wall Street Journal or something like that, but it's really just economic, coded economic uh, language for, you know, economic actors. And so, you know, it's very dry and dense and uh, every central bank has, you know, their central bankers talking like around the clock, basically. So it was uh, basically my small act of rebellion against, you know, a, a tedious job that I used to have to do. But, but I would say a job that I had when my worldview on central banking was, you know, completely being challenged. So uh, central banks are very careful in those hearings, you know, what they say. There's, there's an entire, you know, category of doublespeak or as it was first coined a uh, greenspeak after Alan Greenspan they, they try to say what they're going to do with monetary policy without actually uh, you know surprising anyone uh, and basically negotiating the the market's expectations for say where interest rates will move or where uh, where asset purchases or sales will will go in the future so you know you realize through these hearings, uh, you you realize very quickly the sort of absurd conceit of, you know, call it modern financial markets. And so uh, Bitcoin really, the, the reason why I was into Bitcoin after doing that is because, you know, you realize how, how absurd it is and sort of, I was pushed into Bitcoin by that, not, not pulled by any, uh, uh, certainly no technological insight or intuition on my end. Right. And so what was, you know, so for people that don't know what you did, why don't you oh, yeah. fill them so, in? Uh, so I had, uh, I had a notepad with me cause I was taking notes on this hearing and it's broadcast because it concerns the markets. It's broadcast on C-SPAN, Bloomberg, CNBC, that sort of thing. And so I decided to photobomb Janet Yellen with a sign that said, buy Bitcoin, when she was being questioned about uh, the auditability of the Federal Reserve. So <laughs> it, was, it was a spur of the moment thing, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm glad that you know, Bitcoiners got a kick out of it and that you know, I'm truly grateful that it's enabled me to, to meet a lot of people who are in Bitcoin and it, indeed many of my heroes. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing, man, because I should I am I correct in presuming that, you know, I heard you say that you did it just so that you could have like a memento, you, you'd screen capture it later and you'd have a picture for, you know, just for your own personal memories. And it turned into this big meme. And it's, it's another one of those things that just fits so perfectly into how Bitcoin grows and how it becomes you know, how it generates awareness and enters into people's awareness. But for you, is it right. fair to say it changed the course of your life? I mean, all this attention and then it enabled you to do probably what you're doing now. Sure. Well, I, I was 
I was, you know, gunning for the Bitcoin space before that. I was intending to uh, apply, uh, or I, I was in the process of applying to several uh, cryptocurrency companies, like Bitcoin companies and funds. And so I was on the trajectory, but you know, a butterfly effect. They it probably it probably helped my uh, you know name recognition with those people. Who can say then, no to uh, Bitcoin sign guy? I mean. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny introduction to receive. Yeah, it works. Um, but sorry, the the first part of your question was. Um, well, it was just you know it's it had how much has it changed you know this this silly thing that you wanted to do for your own memories. It's kind of probably changed the course of your life. Right, I I would say that's that's probably true, uh, and then I. I sort of realized it after that I, I had some ex post like rationalization about why it happened or why it like worked. And so uh, basically that memes are, you know, a new type of cultural language that are transacted in digital spaces. And so it was, it was sort of geared correctly to be, to be popular, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. It was and, just a, a, a single image or, or, you know, a GIF. It, it wasn't like, a, you know, it before that event, before that day, you know, there were hundreds, if not thousands of people that had already been, you know, saying brilliant things about Bitcoin online, you know, making brilliant critiques of the Federal Reserve. But it's really, uh, you know, an image an image that uh, gains the most traction in our sort of world that's really awash in images. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's such a fascinating phenomenon that, as you said, you know, there could be, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of hours and words written in books about Bitcoin and why it's important and why you should understand it and the complexity of it all. And a two, three second video or even just the photo of you holding up a scribbled by Bitcoin sign behind the head of the chair of the Federal Reserve. And that's the thing that permeates and spreads through culture. I mean, it's and the, it's amazing. And I heard did you study you, you didn't you, you majored in arts, but your I think your thesis or something was in memes of some kind. Uh, yeah. So thank you for uh, I don't know, listening to untold amounts of podcast hours of me of me rambling to find that out uh yes so like i said it was my intuition uh most concretely i did well, one of my uh, thesis projects for my uh for my study of art in school was you know formalizing memes as a as a cultural language that that exists and is most effective in digital spaces so what I did was I cleared out a gallery in my school, uh, in my school's, uh, you know, art building. And I printed out, you know, large format memes, you know, like five foot, like three foot by five foot memes, put them into, you know, fancy looking frames, put up wall text, had pamphlets, uh, that type of thing, basically to try to get people to acknowledge them as uh, I guess a, a, a serious 
if not artistic, then at least cultural language, and certainly, uh, you know, undeniable artifacts in the same way that, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a painting of the Impressionist, you know, uh, period, you know, is, is an artifact of, uh, you know, that artistic culture. And, I mean, being that that's the case, and not that I'm calling you out, but it's hard to conceive that you couldn't imagine that 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 moment where you hold up the held up the sign was going to turn into. I mean, you fucking studied it. How could you not think it was going to? I mean, you know, I guess that's just the um, that's just like that academic blindness. I guess that's why Bitcoin isn't uh, developed in universities. <laughs> um, and the other funny thing I thought about, or you know, in watching the video again uh, just yesterday. Did you know the guy that was next to you? Because you kind of like give him a few awkward glances before you put up the sign and he looks at you like, what, bro? And then then you then you kind of like push him out of the way to hold up the sign. Yeah, I actually yeah. thought he was Bitcoin sign guy when I first. Oh, really? Well, because the sign is kind of almost more in front of him. If you look at it like for right. two seconds, you see that it's, you know, you're staring at the camera with a big smile. But, you know, for a second, <laughs> I thought it was him. Yeah, yeah. He was my coworker. Uh, he was my coworker at the time, and uh, I was like, "Hey, man, I'm making this sign. What do you think?" And he's like, "Oh boy, it's like you might, you might, uh, you know, you might regret that." And I thought, like, "Nah, nobody's like, nothing will come of this." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, he's um, he's still, I believe, working in the in the realm of monetary economics he basically had the same job that i did at the time which was just basic policy analysis um for a relatively you know free market and monetary reformist uh branch of a think tank in washington dc so the the you hold up the sign it gets you know sent throughout the world you get ejected from the hearing like you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes later. Um, did you think you were in real trouble or did you just think, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm getting kicked out of here? Uh, yeah, when I, well, my phone was dead at the time. So I, I didn't realize that it was on Twitter, basically, until I got kicked out and then got back to the office and every, all of my coworkers were talking about it and uh, you know, ultimately got, you know, summoned to the big boss and, uh, you know, they don't, you know, they, as a think tank, they make their bread and butter, you know, having, you know, being on good terms with lawmakers and, uh, policy, policy, uh, policy makers essentially. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't carry their cause, uh, to have one of their employees disrupt the hearing and uh, uh, you know divert the attention of uh, onlook of onlookers on TV and uh, Twitter you know to Bitcoin when they're trying to have uh, I don't know a more institutional conversation so did you get fired or what uh, in in so many words <laughs> <laughs> right and so, so but it, it was it was good you know the Bitcoin community you know, welcomed me pretty much immediately with open arms. I found, I found another place to work for the rest of the, 
summer and then ultimately at the end of the summer was still able to transition to a uh, a cryptocurrency fund right and you 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 sold 21 unique copies of the sign right oh yeah the, i guess that's just the art the art major coming back out in me so yeah i i thought you know hey it's a it's an image uh that is sort of like I guess now it's just been around so much that it's, uh, I mean, I don't want to, I wouldn't, it's, it's would sound like a brag to call it like the Campbell's chicken or the Campbell's tomato soup, like sort of Warhol esque of, of crypto, but it's like a, you know what I mean? It's a flat image. That's, that's very basic that, uh, you know, is a, is a signifier for, I don't know, something else. Sure, man. So, I guess I put it in those artistic terms and I just thought, you know, it would be a fun project to do. Um, cause a bunch of people at the time also asked me if I would, um, if I would, uh, make them a sign, sell them a sign or sell them the sign had a, a number of offers for the actual sign. Where's, I, where's I, the original? A is it's a, a safely tucked away. I assure you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, my my plan is actually if uh, if there's ever a true crisis in Bitcoin, not that it would sell for that much, but that you know I would uh, I would auction it off for for someone if 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 there was truly a, a moment of distress. I don't know. I th so, <clears throat> I think we'll keep it in my back pocket. Yeah, I think that's probably a good insurance policy, man. I mean, you know, the thing if things continue to go the way I'm sure we both suspect they will. Uh, notwithstanding, you know, ups and downs along the journey. But, you know, in 20, 30 years, that's going to be a, a peach, uh, you know, an important piece of cultural history. And it's probably, I mean, the, the 21 copies are probably going to have a nice price tag on them. But the original, man, you keep that puppy. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I hope we can get there. I, uh, I, I, well, if, on one hand, if, uh, if Bitcoin succeeds, you know, maybe it will be talked about. But if Bitcoin doesn't succeed, you know, I don't even think I would be, uh, you know, considered the f I don't even think that I would be remembered as like the fool of Bitcoin. I, I just don't think Bitcoin would be remembered at all. <laughs> like uh, it would be uh, it would be Bitcoin would be shoved down the memory hole very hard by uh, if if the uh, neoliberal power could, you know, uh, recapitalize on. I don't know, some type of Fed coin. Do you, how do you see the future playing out in Bitcoin? Uh, that's a broad question. <laughs> sure. Uh, the future of Bitcoin. Or basically, I mean, what I mean is, you know, based on what you just said, like, do you think we're going towards a future where it's going to succeed and actually continue to be something in the world or not? Well, I think Bitcoin has the, a, a strong chance to succeed. Uh, I, I wouldn't accept it as given, though. Right. Uh, I would say, right. you know, it. There are certain criteria that need to be met for for Bitcoin to, you know, eventually live on. So perhaps most the, the the finest technical definition that I ever heard put on it was, uh, you know, by Eric Voskule, uh, you know, talking about how the black market the, or the the fees that the black market generate need to exceed uh, the the foregone tax revenue 
by the government because you know it's a it's a very basic equa- cost equation for uh, for a government in the future. It's like okay, well, you know, we gain uh, you know this many billion dollars of tax revenue every year. Uh, Bitcoin would bring that number down by this amount. Therefore, our uh, the 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 budget that we could spend on uh, on destroying Bitcoin is this. And so, if that if that on the other hand, like the the fees are the are the counterbalance to that. It's like is the money that uh, you know is is the the fees generated to miners that accrue to miners like enough to keep them mining honestly yeah uh does it does it exceed the the government's budget to shut it down so that's a that's a a big question uh you know so what does that rest on what are what are people's desire to use bitcoin what is uh it would there be a a knowledge gap that would preclude that would preclude us from getting there i don't know but uh I, I do think that we will exit the, the honeymoon phase eventually, and you know that question will be brought to the fore. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it will be, maybe it will be obvious that one side will win um, once we get to that point. But I don't know. I, I still think we're in a a state of uh, unknowing about that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I listened to Eric on uh, with uh, Marty and Matt, and uh, it was it was a bit hard to keep up with. But as a result, I asked Eric if he wanted to come on here, and so I'm going to speak to him next week, and uh, I'm going to have to prep hard for that one because smart dude with uh, who, who goes fast, and I want to make sure that I can you know investigate some of the things he's saying and maybe maybe make it a bit more clear in my mind. Um, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see it play out. You know, it does it does feel like we've been in this ten year honeymoon period, and it, I guess it's hard to tell when that period is going to end. But I mean, I guess with every passing day, we get closer to it. But it does seem like with the with the attention that it's received this year, you know, from the Fed chair and from the president and people like that, like feels like we might be it might be entering into a phase where it's less fun and games and a, a bit more serious, but who can tell? Right. Um, so what are you working on these days? Like, you know, what, what uh, does... sure. Let's see. I have a few projects. Uh, I guess not to dox myself too hard, sure. but one is a, a very vanilla payments processor because you know bitcoin it will be you know the future of payments but payments still suck for a lot of uh important political groups right now uh so to the extent that you know you know they can't use paypal they can't use visa and mastercard uh, in in many cases so to the extent that we can keep the lights on for them while they still have to uh while they still have customers who uh, exclusively deal in in fiat you know that's that's important uh, and then uh, I have I have I guess several engagements uh, other than that uh, primarily uh, there's a uh, there's a a 
a project in uh, San Francisco that I'm uh, now working with uh, that is looking to redesign uh, or rather design anew from the bottom up an alternative to uh, Unix and uh, essentially Linux, uh, you know, the, the modern operating systems that, that we all use uh, essentially to harmonize uh, their code base such that they would be more effective computers for operating personal servers and, uh, you know, thus be able to uh, better host, you know, personal social media data or uh, you know, data in general operate operated on a, you know, peer-to-peer -peer applications. So, you know, it would be great if we could ha all have, you know, peer-to-peer -peer Twitter, right? Where, where Twitter doesn't store your tweets, but that, uh, you know, your tweets are served by your own machine, yeah. right? That would that would give you the ability to, uh, you know, strictly uh, limit the ways in which you know your the things that you write are uh, are used, who who can track it, uh, that type of thing, and and moreover, you know. The, especially in the era of you know big data, you know you won't become a part of these the social graph for these social companies. You know, in fact, it, it wouldn't even be uh, possible to serve you advertisements. Like, essentially, the demonetization of your data is 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 I guess one one possibility. And are so, you? Uh, are you um publicly associated with this project because I, I saw some some not, give, yeah 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 <laughs> some giveaway some give photos so uh, there will be I guess more formal announcements coming in the future so if your if your listeners are sharp they would probably be able to figure it out but uh there will be I guess more uh more formalized announcements in the future about uh putting uh, about Bitcoin's relationship to this operating system. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I guess I'll leave it at that. But yeah, essentially a sound, Bitcoin is a sound money. Uh, the project that I'm working with is building a sound computer. So to the extent that you need a digital system to transact a digital money, uh, you know, it would be good if that were, you know, perhaps more performant than uh what we're currently using it, because indeed the failures of our current hardware and software, you know, precipitated the, the situation of the cloud web. Yeah. And I guess uh, that that would be a, a controversial view of mine is like, and that perhaps motivates my involvement with this project, which is, uh, if, if we continue, using Bitcoin purely on the cloud web, if we don't actually uh, migrate to a, a self-hosted uh, self-hosted web, uh, then, you know, you know the definition of insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I think we'll wind up with the same exact result. If, if 95% of Bitcoins or even or even uh, you know, 50% of bitcoins are stored on uh, you know the Coinbase's or Cash Apps of the world. As grateful as I am to those companies, 
they are a, a, a source of fragility for Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with with one motion, uh, you know, the the government could say, okay, uh, okay, Coinbase, uh, your customers can no longer withdraw in Bitcoin, uh, and that's that's a that's a rule that uh, a uh, a a government agency could make practically on a whim. It it would be it would be trivial to pass a rule like that, and so uh, I think that unless we're operating Bitcoin on our own hardware, uh, you know, the the project will have a a cloud looming over its head. Yeah, and I've heard you maybe refer to this scenario and and the solution that you're you're contributing to as a kind of a cyber jihad where <laughs> you know every every element of this thing has to be considered and you know made more resilient or anti-fragile or or bulletproof or is that what you were referring to when you uh, dropped that term well, I, I guess by cyber jihad i meant more that it must be a sort of a, a it's a totalizing mission that we we need to throw ourselves into right. Uh, right you know the there's a there's a great book on um the the conquest it's called the conquest of new spain and uh when hernan cortez and his men came from spain and landed in mexico you know there were i don't think there were more than there definitely wasn't a thousand of them. I think it was like 200 versus something like 200,000 Aztecs. Yeah. I, I probably have the numbers off by an order of magnitude there. But basically, very few Spanish versus a, a whole lot of Aztecs. And it, in the in the book the, that one of his uh, captains wrote, uh, you know, it's the story of how they how they went about the mission of entering into this this world of impossible hostility. And uh, what they did was they, they, Cortez demanded that they burn the boats. And so uh, they, the, there was no way back uh, that they would either succeed or you know, face, face destruction. So not to be dramatic or anything, I mean, but uh, it seems like the, the, the project of digital liberty is at this moment where it it must convert on it uh, because it's been delayed for a, a very long time now. You know we've had the, we've had those uh, sort of tone deaf uh, internet manifestos. It's like oh we're going to a world of uh, you know sovereignty uh, online. You know there's going to be no more state and you know. 25 years later, uh, you know, it's all, it's all still here and, uh, you know, even more powerful. Uh, so, you know, there must be a certain zeal that Bitcoiners bring with them to their, uh, to their work on the Bitcoin project. And so that, that's what I mean by like, uh, cyber jihad. <laughs> yeah. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, to, uh, to further that that example of Cortez and the Aztecs, 
and I, I don't know what the specific example is, but when you were saying that, what came to mind is another thing that brought the Aztecs down in that scenario was the, the you know, the dominant narrative, what they believe, basically, the, the predominant narrative in that, because I think part of the way that, that Cortez was able to take advantage of them was that they believed that a bearded like white man was going to come and was this all-powerful being, right? I think that was part of the the, the story, and so. Oh, that that's what the Aztecs thought. Yeah, yeah, and and so that caused them to perceive, ba basically, not perceive the reality of the situation correctly. So they're they're kind of, the the dominant narrative caused you know was part of their ultimate downfall. And I don't know what the exact corollary is, but I'm hoping that's the case with the legacy system versus you know what what we as Bitcoiners are trying to do. Well, I guess you get you get. You would hope that a, a central bank would get spooked into joining Bitcoin, and uh, you know, going whole hog, incorporating it into their reserves, right? Uh, or, or you know, otherwise courting Bitcoin business in their country through a permissive regulatory environment. Yeah. Uh, rather than uh, you know having you know, an adverse reaction and trying to trying to kill it. So yeah. that, that would be that would be my, you know, sort of uh, like back, roundabout advantage that the Bitcoin has that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of central banks in the world and uh, a lot of people that aren't on uh, on board with the dollar based hegemony, monetary hegemony. In fact, indeed, uh, you know, most aren't, if not all, except the U.S. aren't. Uh, so, like Mark Carney the other day uh, in in uh, Jackson Hole at the monetary conference, you know, was saying essentially that, which is, uh, you know, the the dollar-based hegemony is not in the interest of of the rest of the world. That uh, you know, projects like Libra, you know, Libra, are you kidding me? Are should be, you know. <laughs> you know, taken seriously in that regard that, you know, it, they offer a, a perhaps an alternative to, uh, you know, using the dollar as some some final settlement currency. Yeah. You know, an another potential <clears throat> is that the, um, you know, perhaps the greed of the actors in the legacy system, maybe not so much from a government perspective, but just the, you know, the big dominant uh, players in the, the commercial you know, legacy system, by the time they realize, you know, the kind of the hole that their greed has dug for themselves, maybe it'll be too late. You know, that's I, that's kind of another way I hope Bitcoin is being kind of sly and roundabout in its way of, of getting it. They don't realize that, you know, they're supporting the virus before it's it's too late. Maybe, you know, that's, right. that's a hope. Um, yeah, but it is interesting, you know, you mentioned current... You mentioned Carney. Uh oh, sorry. I I think I'm losing you. How's our connection? Can you hear me okay? Yep, perfect. Uh, yeah. So to the to to your comment, I think the the more we could prolong the the honeymoon period, the better. Uh, absolutely. Give Bitcoin every opportunity to to work its way into into the next, uh, you know, you know, into the 
financial and uh, even like energy infrastructure of of the world. Yeah. Uh, so this is th- that's a, certainly a good strategy, and I think that fortunately there are there are probably some policymakers somewhere that even if they're not uh, explicitly pursuing this tack with their governments, they're sort of uh, they're doing it secretly. Like uh, essentially, this is the concept of the fifth pillar, like uh, a faction inside the government that works against the interests of the government. So they would like a, a, a Federal Reserve uh, employee has every incentive to tell the Fed not to worry about Bitcoin and so just to prolong the period of time that they can, you know, purchase it themselves uh, or, you know, you know, help themselves into the lifeboat uh, while telling the, the rest of the, the officers on the deck, you know, oh, everything's everything's fine. You know, get a elites are not probably not loyal to each other. I mean, they are they are and they aren't. But I think in. For a situation like this, there would be uh, there would be much less loyalty than you'd think, and they would easily step over one another to uh, to be on top for you know the next monetary paradigm. Right. Uh, instead of trying to what spend all their political capital to continue being at their you know middling station of the current one. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I like to think and maybe this is this is, you know, wrong in, in some way. But the more that the the, the more apparent uh, that that the problems with the existing system become, I'm hoping even the you know, the players in that system will be able to look at, you know, the existing system and something similar to what Bitcoin offers and say, you know, maybe at, f- at first it's just an interest and then it becomes, you know, they, they take a position, they learn more, they whatever, they stay kind of quiet, but they're, you know, the, with everybody, whether you're in the system or not, actually, like the, the more that one system looks like it's not going to be around long term, the more you're interested in looking at other alternatives. And, you know, so hopefully that will continue its process of impressing upon people the importance of one having an alternative and then once you you know think that's a viable alternative then you're probably going to be motivated somewhat to to use it as at the very least some kind of insurance policy right uh what i what i don't think will happen or it wouldn't necessarily be beneficial if it happened would be a you know there to be a an official discourse an official conversation policy debate on you know, well, should we go into Bitcoin? I think that at that point, you know, that the ship is the ship is effectively sailed. Right. Um, what What's the most interesting other than the stuff you're working on? What's the most interesting thing going on in the space in your mind these days? Uh, well, I mean, I would hope that more peer to peer applications get built beyond, you know, building the, the backbone for them. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, BISC, uh, which is a, a pure peer-to-peer application. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, HODL HODL uh, as well. It's kind of more, slightly like semi, 
semi decentralized like peer to peer exchange mm-hmm. uh so that that's good there needs to be more uh you know dark liquidity for bitcoin so any any project that advances that i think is extremely worthwhile um let's see what else uh i'm a fan of the privacy improvements that are coming to bitcoin uh to the extent that lightning or schnorr signatures will give us some added privacy affordances i think that that's you know paramount for bitcoiners to prioritize that uh and then well i i think that i don't know i don't know what will happen if bitcoin uh if bitcoin succeeds i i don't even know how i how to prepare for it but you know pre- prepare for the i guess obliteration of you know mon- right now national nationalized monetary policy is sort of a binding force because it unites a nation in uh you know around a certain monetary economics which permits uh you know a given fiscal strategy of a nation so if uh if you have a nation that's you know, extremely fiscally oriented uh like oriented around i don't know uh like social spending uh you know they're going to be that that type of situation would be very upset in a post hyper bitcoinized world where you know they have far less tax revenue they they have a great deal of trouble financing uh you know the same social programs so you know nations like that uh and it and that's really every nation to yeah. to yeah. a varying degree uh, you know we need to be preparing or reminding ourselves of the uh of the social technologies that we used before we had the state to to fill that in so uh, on the bright side you know it this this stuff is sort of was obvious to people throughout history it's only relatively recently that the state has crowded out all of these you know call them social welfare functions uh you know we would we used to have elemosinary hospitals mutual aid societies uh ways that the public would ensure you know it's uh more vulnerable members in ways that did not require you know a, a grant from the government so we should be we we should be reexamining you know these cases from from history on how on how a uh, a society can be functionally structured with with far less uh with far less top-down uh, redistribution of wealth. Yeah. Not not that, and that's not even to say that I favor you know wealth redistribution, but simply that uh, you know we if if a large percentage of the population has come to you know expect it and it exists within that within that space, you know let's find and let's rediscover you know the voluntarist you know alternatives there. Yeah, because uh, I I I would oppose you know, uh, you know, the redistribution of wealth by force, but you know I still still care for my common man, and I uh, I think that a a truly free society, you know, the importance of altruism is 
it's much greater. So we're going to need to, I don't know, dust off our our uh, our understanding of uh, private charity. I think. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. And for Bitcoin to really succeed, it is going to force us all to re-examine how we contribute to you know society and the world at large more so than just hodling you know because as you say you know the government has is so involved in in social welfare many other areas today and so many people are dependent on that infrastructure and removing the means with which the government can support that infrastructure is going to mean there's a lot of un uncomfortable untethering that's going to have to occur by the people who who benefit from that and yeah and and, and that's going to be a just as far as adoption is concerned that's going to be a, a a force that we're going to have to confront because you know the people who have vested interest both from a government standpoint and the people that rely on those services that are provided are they're going to resist change because they know what change means they it's, it's a less certain future and so as part of our contribution to all this it's not just the tech it's not just the, the individual financial sovereignty but we probably are going to have to give more and more consideration to how can we in other ways you know begin contributing to an infrastructure that's going to allow for kind of more fertile social uh, soil on which we can grow this this new ecosystem because it's much more than just let's all let's all you know have financial our own financial sovereignty and everything will be okay you know right absolutely don't want to drop people drop people on their head you seem like a bit of a, a, a history guy in you know in the period between 1870 and and 1914 right the so so-called where the you know the gold standard you know, kind of uh, was the, was the main monetary standard around the world. What was the social like the the, the social involvement uh, of the government during that period? Do you know? Uh, significantly less. I I would say that you know the charity was I think as far as as far as I've read you know commonly facilitated by uh, the church and you know generally like uh, charitable societies uh there were you can look up like alms giving houses in in europe this is like even before the bella Epoque. uh so like the the burgesses of amsterdam that that type of thing there were there were societal expectations that you would you know give to these uh organizations and it wasn't it wasn't by force but you know motivated out of you know goodness and care for your fellow man and so my hope would be that uh bitcoin in fact permits if if it does kick the state out of this uh, you know business of uh, you know care you know it would be tremendous to replace the nanny state with a a uh, a system where we truly you know see each other as as humans and uh th that would be my my great hope uh but we'll right now if, if you know everyone everyone's just about you know number go up like hodl on uh it, which is which is good and necessary uh but you know there's if everyone maintains the degree of selfishness that uh, neoliberalism has has 
you know, inculcated in us, you know, will end up in that, you know, cyberpunk, uh, just the, the dystopic night city mm-hmm. where, you know, everyone's, uh, like of, of extreme violence and, and essentially social disintegration. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think that, and furthermore, the, I think the, the cultural memory on, on, you know, things prior to the state is like radically vanishing. Uh, like people don't remember, uh, like my, my grandfather was like, uh, I guess this, the first generation to have, you know, like social security. So, uh, we're, we're going to attempt to return to, to a a way of being that is almost, uh, you know, time out of, out of mind. Yeah. Uh, and so that's going to be, that would be quite a feat. Uh, and so my my hope is that we, we could do it, but you know uh, there was forget who who said this like uh, during at, at many points during the Middle Ages the the primary source of lead or whatever they used lead to produce in the Middle Ages. And just like I guess metal in general was to scavenge it from Roman ruins, and so they had basically forgotten the very basic technology of you know how do you uh, how do you produce you know uh, metal from um, ores, and so it what I mean is that it's it's certainly not granted that we're going to be able to recall recall this, so it it should be. I don't know, a conscious project. Yeah. You know, I, I'm hopeful that a lot is made of um, the ways in which being involved with Bitcoin stimulate behavior change. You know, and thus far, it's been mostly kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, you, you take more responsibility, you have a lower time preference, you save more, you don't spend as much on, on frivolous things, that, that sort of thing. But, you know, I'm hoping that continues to accelerate and evolve and... <clears throat> like you were just discussing, it's going to have to cause behavior change in that way if, if, if we're going to hope to untether ourselves. Because, you know, simultaneous to this movement, it does seem that in society, you know, because I think one of the reasons it's going to be so hard is because we've relinquished so much, you know, responsibility and obligation, and we've outsourced so many things to the state that, that for each individual to, to take back every single one of those responsibilities, or at least a lot of them, you know, that's, that's going to be a very uncomfortable process. And at the moment, the momentum seems to be in, in broader culture that people want to drive further in, into the state. I mean, you, you have a lot, you know, spe- around the world today, especially young people are, are you know, are saying they want to give more power, more responsibility. They want to rely on the state to fix more of the problems. They want the state to be in control of more of, of social systems and structures and then divvy it up, quote unquote, you know, fairly, because that's the that's the most fair way to operate. And not only do I think that's incredibly juvenile and narrow minded, but nevertheless, that is there's, there's a huge movement toward that. You know, I saw a headline yesterday where Bernie Sanders said, 
billionaires shouldn't exist, you know, and it's this type of thinking that a lot of people are are engaging in these days. And I think it's possible so to turn that around. Yang. What's that? So what I'm hearing is you're not Yang Gang. No, I'm not Yang Gang. He, <laughs> he seems like a nice guy, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we'd probably have a nice nice chat around the dinner table or something like that. But I don't uh, I don't believe giving money to people is going to fix everything. On the other hand, he is uh, obviously a Bitcoin accelerationist. He uh, he. He's just trying to, you know, devalue the dollar so we can move on. To the <laughs> right. That's his real that's his real agenda. Um, right, exactly. So yeah, but you got to support. Yeah. If but if, if only for that reason, I got to say out of the out of the candidates and I'm probably just saying this because not only do I think she's really well spoken, but she's kind of hot, too. But I like I like Tulsi. She she seems to have a good head on her shoulders. Not that I engage in any of it, but, you know, just just from what I've heard. Yeah, I, I have to say, apart from the prospect of, you know, printing uh, $2.5 trillion a year for UBI, I have not been uh, I have not been too aware of any of the Democratic policy proposals. Oh, also, I, I would like to see the um, I would like to see the, the Beto AR-15 confiscation because that would <laughs> I think hilarious. Uh, but <laughs> enough said on that one i guess yeah well man another sign of the times i mean again i i only see it in passing like the democratic stuff but oh like all so much of it is so cringe whether it's bernie or yang or beto or biden who seems to be you know pretty much incomprehend you know like doesn't seem to be able to string together a sentence at this point it's all just uh it seems like such a train wreck you know say what you will about trump but i don't think he's gonna have a hard time uh you know getting a second term yeah doesn't doesn't seem that way um of course if he if he whoever is the president in the second term is probably going to have a a nasty recession on their hands seems like yeah uh, um that nobody nobody's really vocalizing that um all right man i'm gonna uh get into the rapid fire stuff did you want to discuss anything else before we get into that on no, just um, you know, think about what computer you're using, and uh, when you, when we get onto these announcements about, you know, your new computer, uh, pay attention. All right, and and just try one out, you know. And so, when any timeline for when that might be? Uh, it'll be well. I mean, they're they're available now, but you can you can, if if you're uh, following. Uh, if your followers uh, message you, they can. I'll I'll give you one, or I'll give them one. Okay. I'll give you a bunch. Sweet. And one last thing, man, because I, you you're kind of you there. Hey, you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You, uh, I'll I'll give you I'll give you some uh, you know software to distribute. Awesome. Um, regarding your kind of anonymity right like you seem to be in this space where like you know obviously you're not anonymous your face is one of the most popular means in the space but you you seem to keep a relatively low profile so what's 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 the motivation there because if anybody oh, wanted man, to know I, who you were you know they, they could probably figure it out i like yeah exactly it, it's like I, I like reading twitter i don't like uh participating in the rat race of uh of being a thinkfluencer, <laughs> so uh, 
So I'll uh, I'll I'll dodge that where I can. You know, I podcasts are the the one thing that I've really I guess indulged in, and uh, I think that that's probably the the place where, that's at least the place where in based on my Bitcoin content consumption, that's where I think the the greatest signal is anyway. So right. uh, definitely not Twitter. <laughs> Noted. Yo guys, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Bitcoin Sign Guy. The rapid fire episode is now available as well and uh, BSG's answers did not disappoint. So if you want to hear more from him, definitely recommend you check that out. See ya.